Pickaxe. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. It's Monday. It's seven o'clock. It's One Life Left. Hello, good evening and welcome. You are listening to Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Steve Curran. I'm Simon Byron. <laughs> and I'm Anne Scantabry. Uh, we're not. Where is Steve? I don't know. Where is Steve? Is he? I feel like he's in America. Uh, yeah, we... Uh, he, he just suddenly said, well, I'm not here for this show, so you have to go on with it yourself. So here we are. Yeah, on your head be it, let's, Steve. Let's try it again. I'm Simon Byron. I'm Anne Scanthorpe. How are you doing, Anne? I'm very good, thank you very much. Have you had a good week? Yes. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but it's been raining. I have noticed, yeah. I spent most of yesterday stood outside in the rain. I also spent some of yesterday <laughs> stood outside in the but rain. But we'll come on to that later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, great. How's about you? Been very busy, actually, um, in my day job, um, which I noticed is referenced in one of the letters. Because oh, normally it? we sort of try and keep our day jobs out of the radio show. It's like, um, you know, when some artists don't mention they've got partners to, uh, so yeah, as to not yeah. disappoint the listeners. We don't want to disappoint the listeners. By realising what we actually do yeah. to make ends meet. Um, so, yeah, it's been pretty busy. Uh, we've been working on a few games. Uh, London Games Festival is coming up. Oh, starts we'll on Thursday. That later. Do we? Well, well, are we spoiling the news? Well, no, not the news, but we should probably talk about the thing that we're doing. <laughs> We really that. should. I was doing some of that stuff this afternoon as well. Blimey, we're oh, spoiling exciting. the entire show. Yeah. Maybe we should introduce our guest. Let's do that. Uh, so it's not just the two of us. Thankfully, Thank goodness. In the studio, uh, we're joined this evening by Aid Barrett. Hello, Aid. Hi there. How are you doing? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, Aid's from Silver Ball Studios, Anne. No way. Yes. That's brilliant. So Aid's going to be talking to us about all things pinball. We'll probably touch on Kickstarter. How's your week been, Aid? It's been quite wet. Like it's well. weeks. Right. Were you standing outside with us yes, yesterday as well? Not, I didn't see you. Not there, but uh, I was in the countryside getting rained on. Okay. Running for my car. Well, rain across the world. Yeah, it seems to me that we need to be a little bit better at dealing with the weather. If only there was such a thing as an indoors. Uh, let's talk about that later. But first, let's start the show as we always do with the news. On Monday, the 24th of September, I'm Anne Scanthabry, and this is the news. Sony has announced the PlayStation 3 very, very slim. The announcement was made at, the, at Sony's Tokyo Game Show press conference, where it also revealed that PlayStation Plus will be coming to Vita in November. The PlayStation Z- Size Zero, however, will cost around £280 for the 500GB model released on the 28th of September and around £200 for the 12GB flash memory model released on the 12th of October. Weighing only 2one kilograms. Santa is hoping to avoid any console-related injuries this Christmas. Do you own a PlayStation 3, Anne? Yes. 
Do you, Aid? Do you own one? I certainly do. Okay, so we, so we, we're all struggling with the fat ones. Do we feel um, embarrassed by that now? Obviously, size doesn't matter. I feel but shamed. <laughs> exactly. you... I look, I look in the magazines and I see these slim consoles, and I look at my console and I think you are disgusting. Isn't that But we should, we should be against this sort of thing, shouldn't we? Against the size zeros yeah, of the console world? Yeah, we really should. Uh, are you tempted to trade in? No. Uh, no? No. <laughs> I'm, why, I don't understand why I would if I've already got one that works. Well, does yours sound like a hoover? Cause yeah, they are quite loud. It goes, whir, whir, whir. I'm usually singing over it, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, so this one's going to be quieter. Good. Slimmer. Mm. Sounds Sexier. ideal, doesn't it? Yeah. What's the obsession with... Um, Making consoles slimmer. Hey, you've been around for, for for ages, and we've we've seen almost every hardware iteration be reduced in size. Size is it? Uh... Well, call me a cynic, but I think it all comes down to cost. Right. Make them smaller. Make them cheaper. Make more money. Yeah, it's um, it's economies of scale, I guess. But it seems um, it seems like well, so if if bigger is more expensive, then bigger is best, right? Oh, bigger's good. It's a sign of importance, that sort of thing. Yeah. What are they out, Anne? Uh. Basically, the end of this month or the beginning of next month. Okay, I noticed that um, a few of the retailers are doing trade-ins on them. You can trade in your. Imagine yeah. that. Imagine how sad your PlayStation must be as you say, "Like, come on, now we're just going on a little trip. Come on, come on, get some stuff, pop it in the car. Where are we going, Mummy and Daddy? Nowhere, nowhere. Oh, we're outside game. Come on, hurry along, and then you lead it in, tears in its eyes as it Aww. gets traded in for a newer, slimmer model. Sad times. Two of BioWare's founders have left the company in a search of a life outside of video games. Ray Muzaka and Greg Zezchuk made the announcement on the company's blog. Ray is hoping to get more involved in charity work and investing in entrepreneurs, while Greg wants to pursue some projects related to craft beer, i.e. he wants to get hammered. Their departures are due to achieving everything they want in video games and not having the passion to create anymore. Best of luck, boys. That's what they said, is it? Not, yeah. What, they haven't got the passion to create them anymore? Well, uh, I think it was Greg said, after 20 years of doing this, I don't have the passion to keep creating um, all the time. That's really. honest, isn't it? Yeah. What other aspects of his life do you think he's given up? <laughs> <laughs> Is he married? <laughs> you know, I'm sorry, love, but uh, yeah, no, I've the... been married for 20. I just can't. I'm not doing I'm this not anymore. as into it as I once was. I, I know Greg uh, pretty well. I, yeah. I, he'd say hello to me, I think, if we passed in the street. Or, or maybe not. Maybe you can't be bothered with that anymore. <laughs> I used to have a passion for saying hello to people. Exactly. Not anymore. Um, so I, I can confirm that is how you pronounce his surname. Uh, Ray, I'm, I'm, I'm not so sure about. Let's just pretend How did you do it? Oh, I don't know. Muzaka? Right. I didn't realise that both of them had left. I thought it was just Greg. No, it's both of them. Yeah. Definitely both. Do we think there's, there's more going on here? Mm. Maybe. Hmm. Maybe they made a pact when they were children. <laughs> Did they? They're yeah. blood brothers. They cut their hands and they put their hands together and they said, For, together forever, together we leave. <laughs> and then they, that's how Bioware was created. I first met uh, Greg when um, I was doing the PR for um, M- MKD2. Was it M- no, MDK2? Murder, Death, Kill, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what it stood for, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Dave Perry's... They did the sequel for that, and um, he came over for a press tour, and I remember taking him around to the publications in Bath and uh, so many years ago. And uh, what I remember most about Greg is that um, he, was, he was so excited by the fact you could drink beer on trains. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was like, he's like because, they, because they come from Canada, where Canada don't have oh, don't trains across country because Canada's so massive. Uh, yeah, he couldn't believe it. He's like, are you sure we're allowed to drink on here? So this is Greg. Yeah. So is he the one who's gone to yeah, go and he's do literally, beer? He's like, I'm just going to pursue my interest in beer. craft beer. <laughs> beer on a and train. He, wa- he wants to uh, interview people that make beers. Uh, and maybe if that goes well, go he wants to with him on a train. start some apps about beers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I never will wish him the best of luck. <laughs> Bohemia Interactive has asked fans to help get two of its developers out of Greek prison by signing an online petition. The Armour 3 developers were arrested on suspicion of spying after allegedly taking pictures of Greek military stuff on an island that features in the game. As it stands, there have been 9,700 signatures. It's hoped that this petition will get them out of there faster than Greece lightning. It's good. Yeah. Yeah? What, what was your Greek joke last week? Uh, it's all Greek... Right. To us. Okay, yeah. so what what are you going to do if this story rumbles on for another I hope it week? It doesn't, because that's all I can <laughs> think of. 
again, this is uh, this is crossing with my day job. So um, I was with somebody from Bohemia over um, two weeks ago because I'm working on a carrier command uh, gay emission. Um, and uh, yeah, he found out from the internet stories that his colleagues were um, <laughs> in prison in Greece, which is an odd thing to do to find out from yeah. a video games website what's happened to your colleagues. I didn't realise they were still in there. Yeah, they're still in. And they're not out. And they're not coming they're out. Not coming so out have yet. they been arrested? Yeah, I... Uh, I guess when you... I've never having been arrested. I don't really know the system, but I think that they've been what's arrested. The, what's the closest you've come to arrest? Have I done run in with the law? <laughs> I, got, I got a detention once. Did you? Yeah. What for? Um, cheek. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. So, so when are they... To, and, and can a petition actually get people out of prison then? I don't think... This seems a little naive to me. No, I just don't think it can. But I guess that it's... You know, they want to help. They want to show them that people are people care and people, you and know. So far, 9,000 people care enough. Yeah, not quite 10,000. not quite 10 enough. Aid, have you ever uh, got in trouble with the law through uh, any of your video game development stuffs? Not so much video games, but an instance does spring to mind in Oxford involving a rugby ball, no less. <gasps> How long ago was this? It's going back a bit. It's when I first came to Oxford and started doing video games. And right. A bunch of my mates turned up with a lot of beer, as they do. Greg Zeschuk. And we found ourselves somehow in the middle of a rugby pitch owned by the university. Right. And there was a rugby ball there. I thought, oh, let's have a bit of fun. What this are men good. to do? We're running up and down. And then suddenly someone says, can you hear dogs? <laughs> yeah, I can hear dogs. <laughs> yeah, they're getting louder. Yeah, definitely dogs. Lick it. <laughs> and we just ran away jumped over this fence and ended up in a, what seemed to be a marsh next what? to this rugby pitch. <laughs> and we kind of just dragged ourselves out of this marsh. And then we could hear some sirens going, and we just... What would you have been arrested for, playing rugby in Oxford? Um, well, we kind of had a rugby ball, which Trespass. wasn't ours. So, I see, I mean, right. Yeah, but they perhaps. shouldn't have left it on the pitch. Exactly. That's, That's just asking for Find, trouble. Find us keepers, yeah? There's exactly, a, If right. there's a ball on the pitch, play on. <laughs> will be putting its first hardware into beta next year. That's according to Engadget, who spoke to Valve employee Jerry Ellsworth. The company hopes to make Steam games more fun to play in your living room. No mention of the fun factor in the bedroom, study or garage. It'll include Steam's big picture mode, which makes browsing with a gamepad on a TV easier. Jerry will be putting updates about the process on her YouTube channel. Looking forward to the Gabe Cube. Good joke there, Anne. Yeah, it's yours, isn't it? We're not sure. I don't think so. Um, no. It's 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 ours. Uh, sorry, I stopped, actually stopped listening to that because uh, I realised I've numbered all the tracks incorrectly. I very nearly didn't bring the CD at all. Oh. Yeah, I went I went for a meeting um, down at Temple where we're doing the karaoke uh, next week. Went for a sound check. Um, that didn't happen when we got down there. It's, but I, I mean, it's still massive. Um, <laughs> So I thought I was going to be out all afternoon anyway. So I went down there and it didn't happen. And, and, and I was like, oh, okay, well, it hasn't happened. I went back to work. Uh, um, and it was when I got back to work, unexpectedly, I realised the CDs were on the desk. So I had the sound, che- sound check happened. There was no show. So, uh, what, so what was that about the GameCube? Uh, they're going to bring... That's the next story that okay. you're trying to sneakily read, right. there, Simon. Um, so they're going to put some hardware into beta next year and there will be updates uh, via a YouTube channel. So it's definitely happening. Yeah. So it's, it's no longer speculation. Hey, do you know about this? Not a lot, actually, but it, it does sound interesting. It does sound good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been talking to quite a few developers, and th- there's a real move back to PC-based games at the moment. They reckon that um, console players are becoming increasingly frustrated with the fact that things like uh, the Xbox dashboard is so heavily populated by media and TV and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, going back to this sort of thing, yeah? Exciting. Will be exciting, won't it? I guess, yeah. Uh, right, thanks for and finally, EA has given permanent bans to players who exploited a cheat in the FIFA 13 Ultimate Team web app. The game, which looks kind of like a cross between actual FIFA 13 and Top Trumps, will be exploited by people getting access to restricted football player cards and selling them on for money. This is not allowed, so they've been punished. If you've been banned, you could always do a John Terry and say you're never playing FIFA again because someone told you off, then do a sulky face and have sex with someone's girlfriend. <laughs> Yeah, you know when I said I thought it was all right to say that? Probably not, is it? Yeah, exactly. Well, um, 
Yeah, but it's, I think it's all right to, to uh, joke about John Terry now, isn't it? People, people were saying people were ringing up Radio Five Live last night, and they were saying, you know, oh, this is outrageous that he's been forced to retire from international football. You should judge him by his actions on the pitch. Yeah, I, that's yeah, literally did, what they did. That's where you were a racist. <laughs> Do we have to say allegedly? Uh, allegedly. Um, right. So yeah, cheaters will find a way to cheat at anything, won't they? Yeah. Although uh, this looks like it happened in. Um, the same game that happened uh, that they released last year for FIFA 12. Right. So this is, it, it's different, but it's attached to the FIFA games. Um, and the same thing happened last year, and they did not fix it for this year. Hmm. Dummies. We should write a note into email. Write email EA next year re FIFA 14 <laughs> sheets. Can we get some? Yeah, so um, so, so they were uh, they were making real money off this, were they? The yeah, cheats? they were they were just selling them on, and then so there were um, a lot more um, good players. For example, Ronaldo. Right, sounds like a good player. He is a good uh, player. There are a lot more of them around, and so people were having an unfair advantage. And um, people are quite angry now because they say that um, you know, even though people have been banned, uh, the the cards that have been put out there and that people have bought are still in the system. So it's just, it's never going to be fair. It's never going to be fair anymore, Simon. I mean, I know that cheating is wrong, but I always get, I sort of wish I knew how to do that sort of thing, like to profit immorally. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Cheaters never prosper apart from financially. Well, they've been banned this year and they'll come back. No, it's permanent bans. It's forever. What, from everything? Well, I guess it's just permanent bans from from this FIFA 13. Exactly. So now that well, now these cheats have got more time to work out how to expose flaws in EA are just playing into their little hands, aren't they? Well, um, Ada, I'm a little reluctant, uh, sorry, a little nervous of asking whether you've ever cheated at something, given your previous revelations. Oh no, I'm, I'm a very good boy. It's mm. just just when it comes to rugby, really. <laughs> Thanks, Anne. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantlebury. Okay, we've got a lot to get through uh, this show. Uh, so I'm going to try and put on some music now. It's not quite slow, but I don't know which number's which, so uh, let's give this a go. Exciting. Seventeen? Are we still doing that? Doing that now. Uh, 7.17 across London. It's whatever time it is if you're listening to this on the podcast. I don't think we've um, made any grievous errors, have we, so far? Nothing grievous. <laughs> I think you could get arrested for. Okay, so we're a, we're a quarter of the way through. Um, this is, I believe, let's have a look. Um, so it's not that track. I think this is... <laughs> <laughs> It says 15 there, but it's wrong. So it's track 14. This is uh, by Dr. Treble. It's called Pom Pom Pom. But if you know differently, do email in and let us know. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got it from uh, 8bitcollective.org. Yes, it's all right, isn't it? It's nice. Nice. Do you like it, Aid? It's quite catchy. Yeah? See you dancing to this in the clubs of Oxford? Maybe. With a rugby ball aloft? Doesn't give old Clegg a run for his money, <laughs> does it? It really doesn't, does it? No, uh, he... he um, <laughs> 
Again, he was in tune on the radio this morning saying, because uh, somebody went, ha ha, your single only came in at number 121. And he went, <laughs> were you blaming me for that now? I don't know. Appreciate it's easy to take the, take the mickey out of Nick Clegg, but uh, that seemed a little unfair. Uh, Age never listened to the show before. Interesting. Yeah, so... Um, so you know, when we say it's time to take your tops off, <laughs> <laughs> time you to won't know that that is actually yes. what happens. So, Aid, how's it going? Are you enjoying yourself so far? Yeah, it's good. It makes a, makes a nice change from what we usually get up to. So, What do you normally get up to? Um, a bit of this, a bit of that. Um, mainly... Well, at the moment, it's mainly keeping an eye on our Kickstarter campaign. Right. We'll get onto that later, I think. We'll come on to that. Now, you've been in the games industry for a long time, haven't you? Um... Don't make me feel quite so old. Well, well is it as long as me? Um, what, what year did you start? It's probably early 90s. No, we're going to have to be more specific than that. Um, maybe 92? No, I think, I, think, <laughs> I, think, I think we both started the same year then. <sighs> Why aren't I you? Because <laughs> I'm here and you're there. Whatever happened. Yeah, so uh, you've been making games since 92. Uh, so yeah. uh, how did you get into the, uh, into the industry? Well, I was, I was up in... Uh, Manchester, enjoying the, the the scene up there. I got very lucky as the whole Manchester thing was kicking off. And when I should have been going to lectures, etc., doing exams, I actually found myself writing computer games because that's really all I, I really wanted to do. So you've got an actual talent. That's why you're there and I'm here. Um, it's nice of you to say so. <laughs> what, was, what was your first game then? Um, the first one that was published was something called Deathbringer which involved a man with his very big sword that, if you didn't feed it lots of blood, took control and just went killing everything around, right. including yourself. Wow. What, uh, what format was that, then? That was on the Atari ST mm. and Amiga. Wow. I'm, I may well have played it. Did it get reviewed by the one? Um, I, I, I think there's a very good chance it would Dear. have done, yes. Let's, 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 let's hope it did well. But you're, you're sort of most famous for pinball games, aren't you? Yeah, that, that's... So, after Deathbringer... After Deathbringer, there are a few other things. There was um, Volfeed, um, Turbo Toon, Space Ace. But then, then things got really good when you we did, did the... Space Ace. Did you? Oh uh, yeah, a very very bad Space Ace. I, I, I have to say. So yeah, that was. Um, I remember because I was a big fan of the arcade game. Obviously, was seduced by the gra- by the cartoon graphics. Um, yeah, that was the one where it was it was actual games based around the scenes, wasn't it? You had to like you were being blown off one side and you had to run towards the wind. And was that the one? As you were, it was like that kind of thing. Yeah, we, we did the. Super... Maybe I'm thinking of Dragon's Lair, but well, it's very similar to Dragon's Lair. Yeah, we did a Super Nintendo version. That was a platform game, wasn't it? Space Ace. Yeah, because yeah. you couldn't do the video stuff because you had like half a megabyte cartridge or something. Right. So we had to get a bit creative, but. Um, well, we did get a 90% review in one magazine. I'm not entirely sure how. But, um, yes, prob- probably my not my highest right. point in there. <laughs> so has, has pinball always been a passion of yours? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, as a kid, I mean, one of the reasons I got into video games is I, I grew up in Felix Stowe by the seaside, arcades, played video games, played pinball there. And I've, I've, I've always loved both. Um, and when I was in Oxford... Um, you still had pinball machines in the, in the pubs in those days. Yeah. And that's what I spent a lot of my time doing. And we thought, actually, we could do one of these on the PC and do it really, really well. And So what was the first one that you did? So we did um, Pro Pinball the Web was the very first game we, we, we did. Originally, we wanted to try and do a Star Trek Next Generation game because that, that was our favourite at the time. Right. But as you can imagine, getting the rights to that were rather complicated. So, so how, many of you were, how many of you were there by then? There were just four of us okay. in this small team to start off with. Yeah. We were called Cunning Developments right. back then. And um, yeah, a couple of programmers, a couple of artists. And we just came up with a way we thought we could do a really good 3D pinball game. Because you had scrolling games on the Amiga yeah, and stuff the like that. Yeah, pinball fancies, pinball dreams, that sort of thing, yeah. Yeah, but we thought we could do a, a 3D one with wonderful silicon graphics, rendered graphics, and do it in a cutting way that would means it would run on all sorts of even low-spec PCs. And um, it went on to do um, really, really well. That was the, the first of a series. Right. Um, and then after Pro Pinball the Web, we did three more over the... The, the following years, which did better and better and better. And were they, they were all modelled on existing tables, were they? No, I mean, originally when we started, we wanted to do Star Trek Next Generation, which would have been modelled on a real table. Right. But we, shall we say, took inspiration from some real tables. Okay. Like the best bits of a, a few and kind of fused them together and added a bit of our own secret sauce. And um, that's kind of where it went. But they were all, 
all done as if they were real games. So you didn't have any little creatures walking around the table or anything like that. It was as if it was a real table that you kind of owned and you could do everything you could do with, it, with a real table. It's, it's quite, well, I would imagine, given I'm not talented to do that, but it, it, I'd imagine it's quite skilled to design a, a pinball table, right? They have to have certain, the players would expect certain features and all the rest of it. How do you go about designing that from scratch? Absolutely. I mean, it's, there's a lot of trial and error. I mean, you've you got to first come up with a layout where all the shots go around and then think about, oh, if you make that shot followed by that shot, what happens? And it's, you basically try a few things, a few things don't work, try some other things, and eventually you find a, a combination of things that work really nicely. And what you really want to do with any pinball layout is find a sequence of shots which is just really satisfying to do. And once you've got that simple sequence, then you try and sort of build, build a stuff of around, it. around it. Yeah. So on Pro Pinball, the web, for example, you could shoot the ball around the right-hand side to an upper flipper, and then there was a loop. You could just keep whacking it around that loop over and over and over again. And eventually you could switch and then shoot it up a ramp, and then you'd get a really good combo sequence. And a lot of the, the good gameplay is all around that section. And then I was reading up on you, you... Um you went on to do some Nintendo uh, pinball games. Yeah, that's right. Mario Pinball Land. So, yeah, so... Metroid Prime. That's, I mean, that's quite an honour for... Yeah, we were, we were really just A small team, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean, all, all the pro pinball stuff we did when we worked for Empire Interactive, but we, we came up with an idea to do a Mario pinball game, which we could only really do directly for um, Nintendo. So we created our own little company called Fuse Games with a, um, a couple of the guys from Empire made a little prototype of um, this pinball game on the GBA, phoned up Nintendo in America and said, hey there, can we come over and show you this idea for a game? I said, you want to come over all, the, all this way just to show something? It's, just, just stick it in the post. I said, no, 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 we really believe in this. Cause we hadn't told them what it was. Right. We eventually managed to get a meeting in the States, so we flew over there, had this meeting, showed them the demo. They asked a few questions and said, Okay, we'll get back to you. Thanks for coming. So we then fly all the way back to the UK and you don't hear anything, you don't hear anything, you don't hear anything. And eventually they say, um, we've got this phone call, say, oh, can we come over and have a visit? They didn't say they liked it or anything. They said, right. we'd like to come and visit you. And the interesting thing this time, because we're just a startup, it was all in my house. <laughs> so we had to strip away everything in the house and make it look like an office the Excellent. best that we could, hide everything, stick men's and his and hers things on the doors to the toilets. <laughs> And then this contingent from, from Nintendo turns up at Didcot Railway Station <laughs> next to this big power station, which, which is there. So which was three guys from Japan and one guy from America. We drove past the cooling towers and they got out their little cameras who were snapping away. And then we had the most surreal meeting around my, my breakfast table, chatting about Mario Pinball. And they never said they wanted to do it. It just became apparent over the course of the meeting that they decided that's that this amazing. is something they wanted to do and we were going to do a Mario Pinball game. I mean, that's the sort of thing that, that wouldn't happen these days, isn't it? No, it, it really was a dream come true. I mean, we took the view we had nothing to lose by going for it. So we thought, OK, let's do that. If it works, great. If it doesn't, nothing much lost. But um, they really liked what we did. And then uh, yeah, about nine months later, it was on the shelves and number one in Japan. So. Wow. Um, so yeah, it was. It was. Had there been anybody else that had worked with the Nintendo properties like that before? As far as we know, no one else outside of Japan, right? And certainly, no startup of it would have yeah. done a Mario game. To start so, off. so, so, what did you learn from them about the sort of Mario world or the Metroid world or they the sort were, of things you could do and things you couldn't do? I mean, working with them was very good. I mean, there, there were <laughs> there is one reasonably <laughs> funny story. <laughs> Oh, I shouldn't have laughed at my own jokes. It's not that it's a <laughs> but joke. you know what's coming, and that's made me laugh. I know. No. And beside herself. But the, the, the climax of, of Mario Pimbleland involves a battle, funnily enough, against Bowser, who um, rolls himself up into a big ball, because that's what you right. do in Mario Pimbleland. <laughs> now, as you might be aware, Bowser has this rather long tail kind of thing. And when he rolled himself up into a ball form, initially, perhaps it looked a little bit different. <laughs> How we intended it, shall we right. say. So they did kind of say, actually, his tail looks a bit like a man piece. <laughs> Could you do something about that, please? <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Well, I could, uh, we could, um, we could carry on. We are going to carry on talking, but I think we need to, we've got a lot to get through. So let's, uh, let's listen to Derek, uh, hopefully. Obviously, the track numbers are all wrong, so let's give it a go. 
It's literally not Derek, is it? It's Doctor. <laughs> Let's try that again, though. Uh, we could listen to that now, because that's uh, that's Doctor Avatar. Eighteen hundred hours, Doctor Avatar, emergency dictation for patient McLeod, comma Fox. Mr. McLeod was transferred from Corneria Air Force Hospital after being discovered stumbling through the halls, appearing disoriented, confused, and increasingly bewildered. His fellow pilots deny any known history of crashes. His Glasgow coma score on arrival was fifteen, but I'm going to set him up with some oxygen and a heart monitor until we can run some tests. Twenty hundred hours. His hourly vital signs have remained stable, and his blood work has come back negative for vulpine rabies. His mental status exam is normal, but the patient appears to be suffering from vertigo. By his estimation, his disorientation appears to stem from a sensation that the room is spinning. I'm going to administer antiemetics for his increasing nausea and vomiting and order an MRI to evaluate him further. 2300 hours. Mr. McLeod's imaging has confirmed the presence of Meniere's disease, an inner ear disorder that causes vertigo in response to aggravating factors. Apparently, the patient has been performing an excess of rapid aerial spin maneuvers in response to suggestions from his squadron. Given his condition, I must adamantly suggest that he never perform this technique again, for his sake and everyone else's. I hope it never comes up again. Ending dictation for patient McLeod, Fox. go i've got no idea what that was <laughs> i think it might have been have cola kid like a robot let's just say that sheree <laughs> sounds quite like a robot doesn't it? Yeah. it well yeah that's what made me think maybe it was there you go thanks cola kid yeah so eight <laughs> you are um so you're in the middle of a kickstarter campaign at the moment aren't you yeah that's right what are you what are you seeking to do so as, as i touched on earlier we back in the 90s we did um a series of four pro pinball games and Every week we, we get emails coming in from fans asking, when are we going to get it on iPad or could you do it for XBLA? That, that kind of thing. So we thought, well, yeah, why, why not? It's, it's something really dear to our hearts. And obviously technology has really come on a lot since the 90s. So what we did back then was quite groundbreaking. And what we really want to do is sort of break new ground again, take the old games that we did back then, completely remaster them, make them um, absolutely fantastic on the iPad, things like that, and also do a brand new game in the series. And we thought, well, if we're going to do a new, a new game, then we should pull out all the stops. And to do that, we've teamed up with a, a guy called Pat Lawler, who is famous for designing real games back in the Williams days. And he did the very high-regarded Twilight Zone and the best-selling real pinball game of all time, The Addams Family. Right. So he, he's, he's on board as well. So, um, so if we can get, get the funding on Kickstarter, then we can get these four old games looking better than ever, plus a, a brand-new game, which hopefully will take things in, in, in completely new directions. This is, the, this is the first time you've used Kickstarter for anything, is it? Yeah, that's yeah. right. It, and how's it going? It, it, it's, it's going good, but um, certainly could go a, a bit better. Um, we've... I mean, the, the the really great thing we've got one backer who actually stuck ten thousand bucks down. Wow! What? Yes, so that that was a real fantastic uh, moment when that came in. That yeah. came in quite early, but he's he's a he's a big Pat Lawler fan, a big pro pinball fan. So for him, it's like, 
Well, wow. if I'm going to back something, then this wow. is it. Wow, so what does he get for $10,000? An awful lot of stuff. Does he? Um, does he get should hope so. He gets, well, the, probably the, the highlight um, would be lunch in Chicago with Pat Lawler, uh, myself, also a, another legend in the industry called John Yazzie, who's who does all the art for Pat's games. He also gets his name on all the virtual play fields. Mm. He gets his likeness on the back glass of the new table. Cool. His own portrait and all sorts of other stuff. So basically, yeah, the, everything and the kitchen sink, pretty much. That's brilliant. Are you, are you not nervous about meeting uh, meeting people like that, though? Like, we, um, last week, we had, um, we genuinely thought that we would not emerge from the show um, alive, didn't we? Because uh, <laughs> our guests uh, were enthusiastic and we're like, yeah, okay, come on the show then. But then, um, yeah, all got, yeah, well, it, it didn't get as weird as we thought it might. It all turned out okay It all end. turned out fine. They weren't very but, nice. Yeah, but, you need to be careful. Yeah. Well, so what are the more sort of modern things that uh, people like Anne and I could get then? Well, for, for, for just 20 bucks, you can get all five games on either the iPhone, iPad, or on Android, which I think in today's money is probably only about 13 quid, yeah. which, which is pretty good. Um, and then if you want to push the boat out a bit further, for 100 bucks, you can get a load of physical goodies like a Pro Pinball keyring and uh, a physical box copy of the brand new game. Uh, a lot of people still despite this being the digital age, still like something physical that they can yeah. get their hands on to. So that's, so that's a, another option. And up from there, you get T-shirts and um, personally drawn portraits by John Yassi and things like that. Cool. So, and is it, it, you, 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 it's not a $20 minimum, is it? Um, the, no. Ten, ten, two bucks is the minimum pledge that gets you something. Right. What we've done on, on the, the Kickstarter page to... to sort of appeal to many people as possible is to offer one of the original games which was Pro Pinball Big Race USA for PC which you can just download for free Great. So if you've never played the Pro Pinball games you can just go to our Kickstarter page just kickstarter, kickstarter.com search for Pro Pinball yeah. you can download um, the original Big Race USA tried out on your PC and then just for another two bucks you can get uh, Time Shock and Fantastic Journey as well um, assuming we hit our, hit our goal on Kickstarter um, and then beyond that, for a ten buck pledge, you can get the brand new table on on, on iPad, iPad three, or, or whatever it, you like. It is interesting, isn't it? Um, we were talking about this last week about uh, how Kickstarter is uh, breaking down the relationship between um, developers and their fans, and that this is essentially a sort of pre-order, it's a show of commitment. Um, I ended up break, losing my Kickstarter virginity last week i did mm. purely for a, i did it for a joke <laughs> well because uh yeah i i pledged uh to support charles cecil for 15 dollars um purely like i want him to realize that him asking me for money via kickstarter and this is completely different to you doing this age by the way to <laughs> charles um uh is going to cost him <laughs> so it's cost me 15 dollars but it's going to cost him it's going to cost him more than that because I'm. Whenever I see him, I'm going to claim that I own him. I own fifteen dollars, <laughs> and I'm going to make him do things. Make him just buy you loads of drinks. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I will. I will. Um, I will pledge now. I will yep. pledge and go and support you as well. Aid. How much longer is there to go? We've got about eleven days still get, to run, and it gets exciting now, doesn't it? it Are it, you a bit obsessed? Have you just got it always up on screen, just watching the ticker? It's it's very hard to to, to get away from it, particularly as you get an email for every oh, event. No. That happens although that does get filtered into a convenient place so i can sort of deal with it right. all at once but yes it is it is and with all the forums going on as well and people chatting about it and and, and seeing what, what what people really like and the suggestions they've got because we're, we're, we're trying to involve the fans and get them to come up with ideas for the new game as well and for, for one of the pledge levels at 100 bucks, they can actually vote on the theme of the new game as well. Yeah. So you well, do want to get them involved. Now, now that I've, I, I, I know um, how it works by spending money on Charles Cecil, I'm on a share of Charles Cecil, I, um, I then uh, backed um, a Bluetooth keyring um, controller for Android phone. So it's a small, it's a, it's a keyring, but you can play, uh, it's got physical gaming buttons and stuff, so you can play things on it. And um, yeah, I hadn't realised how once you're invested. Now I haven't actually donated the money yet because it hasn't succeeded. But you, yeah. I, but I do want this thing to exist. Oh, yeah. So uh, you're invested. I, I look at their page. And go, 
come on, everybody else. <laughs> Why can't you see that this is a great idea and that without your support, this isn't going to happen? So, um, so yeah, so with a, a pinball, then, we need everybody to tell everybody else. People that have already invested need to go and tell their friends and stuff. And That's it. It's all about spreading the word and getting the, the fans involved. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, getting the word out there. And I think that's one of the reasons Kickstarter works so well. Anne, are you going to... Um, invest in this Kickstarter project for aid? Simon, I'm very um, financially savvy, so I'm going to go away and have a think about this, <laughs> see if this is worth my uh, my financial investment, and, and then I'll get back to you. Yes. Well, I will give you a word of advice, actually. Don't make idle promises, because I part of the reason that I broke my Kickstarter virginity was that I told Charles Cecilard I'd invest in you, <laughs> and then I asked him whether you know who's invested in you, and he said, oh, yes. Oh, yes. And, and so and I had to... <laughs> <laughs> me and my big mouth. Okay, well, best of luck with the Kickstarter. Yeah, uh, you. Obviously, going to hang around for the show, but now let's hopefully listen to Derek. Right, so here's what's going off in the charts. Sims 3 Supernatural for the PC's first one up. Still showing it's basically a license to print money, those Sims games. I've only ever really liked the first one. Didn't like the graphical style after that. Borderlands 2 for PC and PS3 is next. This being here is quite interesting, as you'll hear later. Guild Wars 2 dropping from its number one spot, so clearly it isn't going to be quite that massively multiplayer. F1 2012 for 360. 361 popping up first, is the PS3 one better? So, if the PS3 one, which is next obviously, is somehow better, maybe it's not, and it just appeals to PS3 owners more. Maybe a couple of sales or something like that between them anyway, so it probably doesn't really matter. Borderlands 2 for 360 is at the top spot, which is quite interesting, considerably higher up the charts than the PC and PS3 versions. Why is Borderlands so much more popular on the 360 than the others? Are the others somehow bugged and poorly converted or something? Let's have a look and see. Well, certainly there appear more reports of glitches and problems with the PS3 version. But the 361 isn't without its glitches, it seems. PS3 one seems to perhaps be a bit more game-breaking. Still, it's clearly doing fairly well and just not as fairly well as the 360. But there you go, I guess. I'm Derek Williams, and this was my free market economy. For this year, not quite completely over or anything. Email, messages, and forward PCC, one life letters. Right, uh, so that's the reviews music. Thank you, Derek. Uh, I may have cut you off slightly at the end. And um, before we get into the actual letters, I thought I'd deal with the correspondence from the Salé Pierre Lamy. Was that how you pronounce it? Have you noticed how we've suddenly. Sure. So these are last week's guests. We've suddenly got on their, their sort of correspondence list, haven't we? <laughs> so they emailed us last week to say, hey, we did a great show, show last Monday on Residence FM in London. We were on Europe's best video game radio show with a theme tune and a girl. One life left. And then they sort of spam, they're spamming all these people. Caroline Eccles, Charlie Shep, Chen Peng. All these people with stuff about us. So apologies if you've been dragged here by then. They also sent us this Daisy report which said, uh, Hey guys, <laughs> I'm currently cowering under a bush and I just found a map and binoculars. It turns out I just spent three hours running around the same four square kilometres. I'm very thirsty. Thirsty, please send help. <laughs> and I genuinely believe that's happened. Uh, that was for the uh, Armour X competition. Uh, Anne, you have an actual letter. Yeah, uh, dear Simon Anne or Anne on, and any super special guests standing in for Steve. Will you be sticking with Steve after his foul-mouthed outburst outside OLL Towers, where he allegedly told police that they were a bunch of casual gamers who didn't run the world's leading FM broadcasting radio show featuring video games? I assume that he has gone into hiding following these alleged comments, or is his absence something much more sinister? Autumn is upon us uh, in all of its soul-shredding, rain-soaked three paydays left until Christmas misery. The only thing left to cling onto are video games and sweet, sweet boozes. With this in mind, can you recommend some video games that to bring joy to the hearts of a despair-laden nation? Bearing in mind that I don't really like Take That. Thanks, Tom T. P.S. Have any of you played McPixel on Android yet? Uh, it's only $1.99. I'd wholeheartedly give it a 7 out of 10. 
So he's asking us for recommendations whilst giving us recommendations. I mean, that's good. Isn't it? He's got it all covered. It's a that gives everything. Yes, I would recommend you play McPixel on yeah. Android. It's only $1.99. It's good. Uh, what sort of recommendations are you after? Uh, anything that's not SingStar, take that. In which case, no. I've got nothing. Well, maybe we'll come on to that in the, re- in the review section shortly. Aid, you've got a letter. I do. Hi, Simon and Anne. Hi. Thank God there's no Steve today. I know, right? <laughs> he brings nothing but puerile filth to what is otherwise a fantastic audio journey that brings light and humour to my daily commute. So this week sees the Eurogamer Expo, though they may be enemies of the show, turn traitor and agree to go. This will be my first ever Expo, so can you good people give me some practical tips? Any chance of a big group OLL 7 out of 10 at any point? Yes, tips for Eurogamer. Uh, we'll be there. Well, I'll be there Thursday. Anne, are you coming? No. No? Do you want to come? Do you want to come to the uh, the VIP drinks reception Thursday evening? Yeah. Yeah? Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it gets bigger and bigger every year, the Eurogamer Expo. My advice to you would be, um, if you want to go to any of the developer sessions, you need to queue early because they are massively oversubscribed. Kojima is talking on... Whoa. I know. He's, yeah. just, he's doing a BAFTA lecture. And he's talking at Eurogamer, so that's going to be pretty good, I think. Um, so get there early. Uh, Is he just going to do the same thing for both? Well, that's essentially how he's, that's his career in video games, isn't it? <laughs> all the Metal Gear... I mean, there's nothing wrong with uh, all the Metal Gear games being essentially the same, but uh, yeah, uh, have you got any uh, Expo tips, Eurogamer Expo? Um, I can't say I do, I'm afraid. Did you go last year, Anne? No, I've, you, never been, never I've never been. I've never been. That's but, because we're at war with them. Yeah, we are. Um, but I have heard that they're uh, live streaming most of their sessions. Ah, there's no need to sessions. go. So stay at home, we sit don't need on the to, sofa. We don't need to give Rupert Lohman any money. No, don't give him any money. What can we live stream to, so that people watch that instead of Kojima talking? Um, you taking your top off. <laughs> Think about that, Anne. Uh, okay, I've got uh, a letter from Katrina Stevens who says, Ciao, team, and SSG, unless you've decided against ever having another SSG after last week's experiences. We haven't. Um, she says, Hope you well. I've been very much enjoying the show, this series, so well done and that. Anyway, I just had a fantastic idea for an OLL competition. How about we all have to create OLL-themed little big planet levels on the Vita? Then you have to play through them and decide which are the best brackets mine and send the winners brackets me presents. It's absolutely the greatest idea I've ever had. I'm sure you'll agree. Love you all, cat. P.S. I adore the way Simon says news. Say, just say it casually because I think you overpronounce it then. News. 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 Is it news? news. That's what you Kick say. Kick off your shoes. <laughs> Put on the news. Um, we could do that, I guess. Uh, I was on the Little Big Planet Vita. I thought it was very nice. Not got a full version just yet because I've been playing something else. We'll talk about that in a second. Aid, are you a Little Big Planet fan? Yeah, I've played a bit. Um, my, my kids really love it too. They're like bouncing up and down all over the shop. So, can we expect a Vita level from you for this competition that Cat's going to win? Um, when I find a moment or two, maybe. <laughs> okay. Right, thank you for the uh, for the actual letters this week. Uh, most impressive, gang. If you've got anything else to say, to, say anything else, anything to say to us, email... Team at OneLifeLeft.com. Uh, you can chat with us over Twitter. At OneLifeLeft. And there are other things that we do. Our it, website, OneLifeLeft.com. And there's that. Um, and you, our Facebook page, Facebook.com forward slash OneLifeLeft. Right. Team, We've got more, haven't we? One Life Left? Did we get a Google? Just search it or something. Uh, And you can come and see us next week, but we'll talk about that in a second. But for now, let's have some music. Honestly, don't know. Uh, I think. Have I think. 
Well, I think to keep things interesting, I think the CDs have been... Um, I think one of them's numbered differently to the other. <laughs> so, um... Oh, no. Yeah, we'll see. Like, this is probably... <laughs> probably Dread, Cosmo, Bug, Mystical Rush. I mean, that's just... I've just said some words. <laughs> that's, um... Yeah, I guess... So, yeah, it was good anyway, wasn't it? It's really good. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um... Yeah, you can find this from... I'm not even certain where I got it from, to be honest with you. I think, uh... Yeah, we'll have to look into this, won't we? Maybe we should have a competition. <laughs> That's a very good Best idea. Person, uh, right to, with the correct. Yeah, if you can successfully ID tag these MP3s for me, <laughs> that, would be, uh, that would be ideal. Right, um, thank you very much for that. It is time for... Something we are convinced is the review's intro theme. This is reviews. Because we just checked. Because <laughs> we couldn't remember if we'd just accidentally done the letters over the reviews. We've been having theme. so much fun, Come haven't back, we? Steve. So much fun. Um, what have you been playing? What have I been playing? I'll go first. I've been playing um, Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker on oh, really? the Vita, but it's the PSP version, um, which I paid $14.99 for. How have you been playing the PSP version on your Vita, Simon? Well, because obviously Vita is backwards compatible with the PSP, Anne. Oh, okay. <laughs> Was that news to you? Yeah. Yeah, it's good. Um, it's uh, it, it's funny because it's like Metal Gear Solid um, 4 which and 3. So it turns out that it, despite the fact I thought I was a fan of the Metal Gear Solid games, I, I, I never liked them. So I finished 2. Oh, no. 3 I didn't get on with at the time, um, but then I subsequently enjoyed on the Vita. 4 I played for an hour and I haven't finished, but I will go back. But Peace Walker I bought on PSP on the on the UMD thing and played for a bit didn't like it um, and yeah like, like this oh, maybe it's because I'm older and I'm wiser now uh, yeah it's really good it's a it's, it's Metal Gear um, in, in uh, bite sized chunks it's got a new sort of uh, I say new it's a very old game uh, micromanagement system where you have to recruit enemy soldiers by um like previously what I'd do to make sure that those that I'd knocked out didn't bother me again at uh, later on in the level is that I would knock them out with a stun gun and then um, I would crawl up to them. You have to imagine you to crawl up um, up to the sleeping men and they've got stars around their, uh, their heads because they're stunned. I'd crawl up to them and then I'd stab them in the neck to stab them. And you had to stab them like... like 10, 11 times until they died. And then I knew that they wouldn't come back and get me. Now, the reason I did that was because, like, if you shot them, then the, the other the other soldiers would hear. Um, anyway, Peace Walk, you don't have to do that. Oh, thank no, goodness. No, you can stun them, and then you can attach a balloon to them, and then a helicopter, then they get lifted into the air, and a helicopter takes them off, and they go back to your base, and you That's recruit really them. Elaborate. It's nice, isn't it? It's nice as well. No stabbing, oh, sleeping so no men. Death. So no death. You're no. just gonna you're stunning them, kidnapping them, and then indoctrinating them into your own <laughs> little army. Much more pleasant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good. Um, it's quite tricky, um, but it, it works so much better with the Vita's uh, second analog stick, which you can map to the face buttons. And oh, I'm really pleased. Yeah, seven out of ten. <laughs> uh, Aid, what have you been playing? I've been playing way too much Binding of Isaac on Steam. I don't know if you've heard of that. What one. is this? It's it's very very strange game. It's a, a bit like Robotron in that you can walk around in one direction and shoot in another. Um, but it features all sorts of twisted bibliographical bibliographical um, imagery from the Bible, perhaps. Right. Where you've got this this little boy who's trying to fight his way out of a basement, and there are all sorts of nasty monsters down there. And I've played it so much, I've had to delete it. Really. So it's. I, I tend to get involved with games, and, and that one I can certainly recommend. Okay. What well, if you were to give it a score? Um, what would that score be? Well, I think seven out of ten. Good. Okay. Good. Um, I've been playing Rayman Jungle Run on oh, the iPhone. Have you now? Yeah. I can't play that because it's been delayed by a week on Android. Oh, I'm sorry. And I'm an Android man. Yeah. I haven't played much of it yet, um, and also I keep going back to the start because I want to collect all of the thingies. I've become a bit obsessed with that. Is it free? No, it's like it was like one ninety nine, I think. Which so when is you quite say like one ninety nine, you mean two pounds? I mean, that no, is because like. they never ever yeah. they never do it just two pounds. That okay. would be too simple. You pay two pounds for that then? Yeah. Yeah, I think I did. That's unlike you, isn't it? It is really unlike me. Um, but it's really good. I really am enjoying it. You get to run and jump, you get to fly. You get killed sometimes. Sometimes you don't get killed. You have to go through and collect these yellow thingies. You, um, 
if you don't collect them, then you don't get thingies at the end. Have you played any of the other uh, Raymond games? No! Right, so so what prompted you to, to, to uh, spend £2 on this then? I don't know. Just, I well, you, saw you, it mentioned somewhere and I was like, no, it's all right, I'll probably play that. Well, you be careful that sort of thing. I saw a game mentioned on Hookshot Inc. It's terrible. I think that's literally where I saw it. What did you see mentioned? It's called City Tuesdays, an Xbox Live Indie. I, sorry, I say terrible. I played it for a couple of minutes and um, it was the end of the night. And stuff. But I, I, I expected it to be much better. Thanks, Simon Parkin. <sighs> Stuart and the others. Um, sorry, yeah, you need to give a score to that yeah, game. Yeah, um, so that gets a 7 out of 10 from me. Are you going to keep playing it? Uh, yeah, I think I will. I've really been enjoying it, so I am going to keep playing it. Maybe I'll review it again next week. Mm. Right, uh, let's have another piece of music and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. This is definitely absurdist, and it's called space-time continuum. It's really nice. I, I don't know whether it is that or not. I just <laughs> no, uh, if you is. say it. Yeah. It is it. Good. We're running out of the show. We've got to wrap up a couple of minutes early uh, today. So uh, we've got some things to cover off. Right. Yeah. Point one. Uh, you went to the bungee jump yesterday, and didn't you? Yes, I did. So this was organised by my work. Yeah. I went along as well. Um, I didn't organise it. Uh, I was very impressed with it. Yeah, it was incredible. I, I I, mean, until I actually saw it, I still thought it was a joke or it was going to be like a tiny little bungee thing. It was a proper, like a giant crane and it took you up. I didn't actually get to see anyone jump because it was too windy by the time I got there. I um, So I got there at nine o'clock and uh, um, two, some, there were two guys at the front, uh, Mark and Dave. They'd been queuing there since 2pm right, of the previous oh day goodness. so imagine what they'd seen in and around Brick Lane oh, I know God, Dave, no. Dave said I said I said, Did you get any sleep he went no he said there were lots of eye candy around last night though oh. um, uh, Mark was doing it because um, he couldn't afford the game so if you did a bungee jump you got a free copy of Borderlands 2 uh, so Dave was going up first doing it to conquer his fear of heights I went up in the cage with him Oh uh, it was God. horrific. Was uh, it? Uh, it was horrific. Uh, like, it was 125 foot up, 42 metres. Uh, we watched Harry do the test jump. And then, um, yeah, so the first guy, I think it was Dave, um, he just couldn't move. Like, he couldn't move. Oh. And, of course, there were like, there was like 600 people there. They, they were booing him. And, no. Yeah, it was awful. Awful. Yeah, awful. Awful. Oh, you know what? If they are afraid of murder, then maybe someone should murder them and see if, if they get afraid and people beat them. So he, he went down and, you know, like after queuing all that time. Right? Oh, no. So the so second guy comes up, Mark. Um... And so I stayed in the cage and uh, I said, you're right? He said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I said, sure. He said, yeah, it doesn't bother me. Get to the top. He could, again, he couldn't oh, move. No. Paralyzed by fear. The, the, we were working with the UK Bungie Club um, who were amazing. And the, uh, the lady, I forget her name at the top, has such an incredible job. So she, so she stood Mark up and she said, right, come on, you, you're going to do this now. Don't let me down. She said, there are, I, I haven't had two people say no at the first jumps ever. Are you going to do this? And he's like, <laughs> and, and uh, she, she said, stand up. I'm going to rock you and then I'm going to throw you out of this basket. <laughs> That's what she said. And did he do it? No, he didn't. He couldn't oh, no. do it. Yeah, so the third guy, Steve, did it. Um, he did it on, on behalf of his son who wanted to, uh, got a broken, um, his son had broken his leg. Did it, 46-year-old man. Yeah, uh, yeah, amazing. Um, yeah, it was a very windy, wet, rainy day. Uh, but overall, yeah. And yet I still went and stood there for half yeah. an hour uh, was, just looking at people queuing. It was amazing. By the end of it, I could judge who was going to jump and who, who wasn't really? going to judge. And uh, this, um, a girl did it and she was fine. And then she stayed at the bottom and was videoing it. And then um, I, and the guy got into the cage and I let him over. I said, uh, he's not going to do it. So he was wearing a, he was wearing a, he was wearing a Resident Evil umbrella T-shirt. And uh, so he goes up. And like, you sort of know because there's a gap. I think the longer yeah. the, the long, I mean, I've not done one, but the, but the longer you stay up there, the more d- difficult it is to convince yourself to get out. And uh, 
he came down and he was heaving. He's like, and she was still videoing it on her <laughs> iPhone. I was like, oh man, that is going to be tough for you. Uh, so that was fun. Um, we must do a bungee jump at some point, I think. I literally don't want to do okay. one. It looks the worst. Um, and finally, uh, talking of events, we are running next Thursday night, October the 4th, at the Temple, sorry, at the Walkabout Temple. Uh, we are doing video game karaoke. Yeah. Do come. There's a Facebook event page for it. Um, there's about, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, more people are coming than uh, than we expected already. Yeah. So that's good. Um, we've got some new tracks. Dan Mayer has written uh, Paparazzi to be about Crazy Taxi. It's wow. phenomenal. Well done. So seven o'clock next Thursday in London. If you're a listener, if you're listening now, look at your diary. Cross out whatever you were going to do um, on Thursday and uh, and uh, come along, won't you? Um, so yeah, we've got a show next week. I won't be here for that. You'll be back home, won't you? Obviously, you won't be sadly, but you're going to be not. missed. Well, it's been very nice tonight. I wish I could come back. Sometime. Yeah, well, um, keep us posted with the Kickstarter. Good yeah, luck we'll with do. it and everything. Thanks and very uh, much. yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll stay in touch and uh, hopefully see you soon. Yeah. Uh, but for now, see, see we'll you see you all week. next th- next Thursday. We'll we'll speak to you next Monday. Uh, for now, we've been one life left. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. 